Hey, Max. Hey, Josh. Wow. We have good timing. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Good. Welcome to September Jazz Talk Seattle, I guess. Uh, yeah. Who's the guest this month? Well, uh, I'm pretty excited for this one. We have a good friend of mine named Eric Verlindi, who's uh, quite the sensational pianist, composer, band leader, session leader, singer, potentially. Um, he plays and, yeah. everywhere in Seattle. I don't think there's a single venue that I've been to in Seattle that I haven't seen him behind the piano. He's probably the hardest working musician in Seattle. He's I mean, like... There's yeah. the Owl and Thistle sessions that he's always at and hosting, and mm-hmm. he's at the Capital Cider session all the time, too. That's not still running right now, is it? I don't actually know. I know the Owl's going. I know, the, yeah, the Owl's happening. I thought the Cider session was on hold still, but I could it be wrong. It might be. Hmm. So well, anyway, we, but that's on Mondays, usually. Right? The Cider session, yeah. Yeah. And the Owl's yeah, on Tuesdays. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's played with... Um, People like Arturo Sandoval, Lee Oscar, old Seattle people like Buddy Catlett. I think we mentioned him last episode. Mm-hmm. Hadley Callinan. I saw him play with a singer named Francine Reed um, at Teatro Zanzani, um, which was another thing that he has done from time to time, I think. And it was when did you meet incredible. Um. I think I met Eric when I went down to the Owl and Thistle session for the first time. Huh. A long time ago. Just like how I met you at the Beaver sessions. Uh, maybe that's uh, why sessions are cool. That's how jazz musicians meet each other, right? I think so. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. And how new scenes kind of unfold. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Talk to Eric. Yes, talk to Eric. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Hey, thanks for having us. It is so, so great to have you here. Uh, I want to get started with a question that I've been wondering about for a really long time, which I guess we ask this about a lot of our guests, but I'm particularly curious for you. How did you get started with music and piano in particular? Uh, that's kind of an interesting question. And, and uh, there is a little bit of a story uh, behind that. Perfect. And, um, yeah. So I got started um, at the age of like five ish. I, uh, for Christmas that year, uh, not only did my parents uh, take me out to go see the Nutcracker uh, at the Seattle uh opera house or seattle ballet i, I can't remember probably the ballet probably the ballet right but that was being held at the <laughs> well uh, this is back in the day so i think it was being held at the opera house but maybe not anyway so yeah so they took me to the uh, nutcracker and i was just like blown away and uh at after the uh show was over i went down to the pit and I saw all these musicians, uh, you know, j- doing what musicians do, you know, packing up their gear, saying good show and, you know, giving each other high fives. I don't know. They weren't really doing that. But but in my mind, they were, you know, um, <laughs> they're like, dude, you rock. 
Um, and I thought to myself, wow, this music and all that, all that sound was created by these people. And I'm like, man, if they could do it, I wonder if I could do it. So on the ride home, I pestered my parents for a violin. I, I was like, mom, dad, <laughs> give me a violin. I want to play violin. And they're like, hmm, okay, well, we'll think about it. And for that Christmas that year, I didn't get a violin, but I got um, a um, about a 24-key little keyboard, probably only, you know, uh, two octaves, but it had a record player attached to it. And so um, you you could play your records. And at five, I had a quite an extensive uh, record collection. As you can imagine, I had uh, <laughs> Superman records. I had, you know... Uh, disco, uh, disco Muppet, uh, you know, which was a very good CD when you're five. Uh, very good disco uh, Muppets. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, disco, disco duck. I'm gonna be a disco duck. Anyway, so right okay. away, right away, I started to you know work on trying to figure out what the sounds on the music on the record were and you know that really got me to start learning how to play by ear um and meanwhile my uh, parents kind of uh, asked my aunt who is a uh, piano teacher up in the gold bar area i grew up in snohomish washington and mm-hmm. so um asked we asked aunt uh maggie who's a piano teacher and she said you know violin's actually a, a pretty difficult instrument to learn for young hands. Um, maybe piano lessons would be better. And she goes, I know a great piano teacher in, um, in Snohomish. Her name is Pat Reeve. And they were both part of the Music Teachers Association. So they always went to the meetings together for Snohomish County Music Teachers Association. Um, and uh, yeah, so I got started learning classical music. But at the same time, I, I was also, you know, learning stuff by ear. So, uh, I, you know, I felt feel like I, you know, always uh, learn music better by ear than by reading it. And if I learn a piece by reading it, generally I'll have to read it for a long time. But if I learn a piece by ear, it'll be with me forever, right? I won't have to hmm. ever look at it. So, yeah. So, um yeah, so that's my story. Cool. That's, that's really sto- cool. So <laughs> I guess it, to me it sounds like such a familiar story for a pianist to get started playing classical music because that's how so many keyboard players get started with piano. But I'm mm-hmm. curious, how did you fall into jazz? And what, uh, I mean, you've mentioned that you've been playing by ear for most of your life, but uh, right. when, when did jazz and improvisation uh, well, factor in? Well, my, my uh, Pat was pretty uh, savvy on the fact that, uh, well, when she would give me like books that, you know, there was like piano books that say rock and piano or jazz bluesy piano. And it would be, you know, transcriptions of basic things like boogie woogie left, left hand, uh, you know, basic blues um, songs that were kind of, you know, that they were supposed to swing. <laughs> and I, I did my, I did, I did my darndest. And, but you know, it wasn't really until, uh, seventh grade when I got into, uh, junior high school jazz band. Uh, and I was one of three other piano players that were in jazz band. Um, and so in 
that was kind of my uh, jumping off point. I had a great director. Uh, Mike Mines um, was my director. Uh, he plays trumpet in um, oh, the Jazz Police. That's that's been yeah. his gig. He's been doing that for forty years, <laughs> thirty years. You know, um, that was the band down at Tula's, right? That was one. Yeah, I mean, they did play down at Tula's. Um, they were there at least once a month, but. Back yeah. in the day, they were the band that backed up Greta mm-hmm. Greta Matassa before she was Greta Matassa. She was Greta Ga- oh. Greta Gailey, um, and the, she would perform with the Jazz Police, which back in the day I think also had Mark Seals in it. But uh, I could be don't quote me on that. That actually might not be true. Um, <laughs> Wait, so let's back up for a second. Mike Mines, the trumpet player, was your the jazz band director for your middle school. Yeah, is that right? I went to Valley View uh, Middle School uh, out in wow. Clearview, Washington. And, and this is uh, like also the dad of Kelsey Mines. The that's player, Kelsey. Yeah, right? that's Kelsey. Kel- ah, Kel- Kelsey's Kelsey's a twin. Actually, she's there's mm-hmm. there's there she has another. Uh, and when I was in junior high mike had just got married like my ninth grade year and kelsey came along like my 10th or 11th grade year so just to give you an idea Mm. (laughs) how all this stuff kind of plays out yeah uh, fascinating but but mike was really cool and 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 talk about nurturing a, a a young mind he would was so generous in giving me tapes of count basie uh, big band and uh, you know Art Blakey and got me started thinking about Latin jazz and how that whole thing works and man we had a swinging really good uh, junior high jazz band to the fact that when I got up into high school I was kind of disappointed that the jazz band wasn't as good like my junior high school jazz band experience was way better than my high school band experience but my high school jazz choir experience was really good uh and 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 kind of where i got my uh, a a good education in how to uh, accompany vocalist uh because and that's something that i've definitely used uh to, <laughs> to my advantage uh in working and staying employed as a musician, you know. Um, so, were you singing in the jazz choir, or were you accompanying the choir? Both, both. I mean, I, oh. I, I grew up singing in church and singing, um, you know, in choir and just going caroling. I mean, it was kind of a different time where singing was just like everybody sang. <laughs> like there was no yeah. like there was no I'm a singer or I'm not. It's like no, you're, we're all singing. Like, please join in. Mm-hmm. And at church, you know, if your mouth isn't moving, you know, and everybody else's is, they're like, well, what's your problem? Uh, yep. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I grew up, I mean, uh, a, a lot of the experience and things that I uh, have was in, was founded in service to the church, in service to, you know, school band programs and service to the community, you know, and basically just like, you know, paying my dues by, you know, being in these programs and just learning a lot of stuff. I mean, just soaking in uh, all of the good knowledge that our, um, you know, our, our mentors have, you know. That's really cool. 
Yeah. I also started on, on violin sort of for the entirety of about two weeks. What? I didn't I know that. that. that wasn't, uh, for me. Did I know that? <laughs> I don't know. It didn't last long. It, it really did Interesting. not. Is that what made you want to hit things? Is that is that how you could start no, playing drums? No, 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 no. I had been playing drums b- before that, but in terms of actually like, you know, pl- like learning with lessons, I did about two weeks of violin. Gotcha. Wow. Interesting. <sighs> well, yeah. I'm not part of that club. I did. <laughs> I did not start on violin. Says it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you play like every other instrument. Like that is to man. definitely very untrue. Okay, <laughs> but did, did we're here do? to talk did, about. Uh, actually, yeah, not well. <laughs> I knew it. I, knew I it. mean, you know, you buzz into the thing. Like, <laughs> I can't play well. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Okay. Well, we're here to actually talk about your latest album, uh, Eric, called oh. Crazy Lazy Day. Is that right? Crazy. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. I'm excited about it. Well, yeah, I am too. I think there's <laughs> some really, really good music on it. And it's, Thanks. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of go over who's on this record, um, this is your third album, right? Well, it's my third of album originals. of originals, right? right I've right. been on a lot of other projects and, and have a, in addition to these three albums, which are Crazy Lazy Day, and then before that was Firewalker, and before that was Daily Grind. Those are the, those are the trilogy of originals. That's all original stuff. But I have, I have some other CDs that I've made in the past. Before. I was going to say, um, I was actually at a Goodwill store um, a, a few years ago. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and right. I was, hey. I was walking around and, I, you know, sometimes I'll go and look at the the like 50 cents records section or the dollar CDs or whatever right. they cost now. And I was kind of thumbing through the CDs and they were all kind of, you know, Genesis or old rock bands or whatever. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm in the ease and it's a picture of you and it's like Eric for Lindy. And I was like, wait a minute, hang on. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you got the so CD, right? I did get the CD. Nice. And what? it was, I think you must've been probably, I don't know, like 17 or 18, maybe. Was it an uh, album, solo album called peace? It was a solo album. I, and I looked as hard as I could and I don't know where I put it. Was um, what I know I you, have it somewhere. You said there was my picture on the cover. I think so. What maybe, was, maybe it wasn't a picture of you. I, all I, it was definitely you as a solo record, though. Right. So my first project I did, I was like, uh, well, actually, my first CD that I put out uh, was called Peace, and I think I recorded it when I was about twenty or twenty-one up in Canada at a friend's house. She had a really nice piano, and I was like, can I? get my digital recorder and record it and is i spent it solo yeah it's solo piano and it's all like standards that was it yeah it's like it. peace and uh yeah uh, i'll remember you and uh, yep. yeah, yeah yeah all those tunes well but, i have your record nice <laughs> and it was a dollar it was a dollar wow man <laughs> I wish Still I could. Still holds its value. Yeah, I mean that—that's—that's that's a dollar well spent. It, I I agree. I completely agree. You know, a funny funny story about that that particular album is that that is the record 
like I that Mitzi bought my wife uh, when she was in Hawaii on vacation, and I was in Hawaii playing a gig, and it was my last Saturday that I was in Hawaii. I had been there for a month, and uh, Mitzi's uh, friend comes up and buys a CD, and he's reading the liner notes, and he's like, "Hey, Mitzi, this guy is from Seattle." And she's like, no, he's not. And he's like, and right then the, the, the singer was like, we're like to say goodbye to our good friend, Eric, who's going back to Seattle tomorrow, you know? Oh man. <laughs> so, it, so she bought the CD and then like months later we were hanging out with each other and she puts the CD on and she sings the little notes, the little improvised notes that I was doing. And I was like, Whoa. wait a second here. I'm like, you're, you're not a musician, but you got a musician's ear, you know? And, and I was just like blown away because I mean, she basically transcribed my solo from listening to it a, a million times or however many times she listened to it. But I was like really impressed. Wow. How <laughs> cool is that? So, so Max, do you have any of those lines uh, memorized or anything like that? Any? I, well, that's for another time. Uh, well, um, uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> he's got a PDF of transcript solos on the bootleg market. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, selling them at the of... Angry Beaver sessions for ten bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's making nine nine bucks a pop a profit. That's good. Yeah, you just have to drive around the neighborhood with uh, you know, a speaker on top of the car, and that's how they do it in Mexico, man. We were in Can- we were in Cancun, and this whole band is sitting in the back of the, and it's like, and they're just cruising down the street, and then you have a poster of like where their gig is that night. Whoa! <laughs> and I'm like, that's awesome. That is brilliant, right there. Get the band in the truck. Go around, rally the troops, you know? Hey, we're playing. <laughs> right? That would get me out. <laughs> right, exactly. Man. Yeah, we're not working hard enough up here in the Northwest. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, working hard and your album Crazy Lazy Day, um, so we've got you on piano, clove, synth, and Wurlitzer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had some of the toys, and for the funkier things, we wanted to... Uh, Use some of the toys, and then for the more the the whole, the whole album starts off a, like a like a dance party, and then it ends up like a <laughs> like a like a Zen meditation video, you know, or something like that, you know, like like you start off dancing, but if you're in child's pose by the end of like the the eighth track, you should be in a good space. <laughs> that is a, a very interesting way of putting it. Is was that intentional? Uh, not really, but you know, when it came time to like, I write such a variety of different stuff. I mean, I don't really pick any one particular genre. It's just, for me, it's just music. It's like, it's got a groove or it's got to tell a story. It's got to do something. And so this, uh, collection of pieces were pieces that I wanted to record. But then when it came time to kind of sequence them in a way that made sense, it was like, oh, well, okay, let's put the, and it just kind of fell into place that like, oh, okay, now the, the, the project represents the title of craziness turning into more relaxed laziness. 
So, totally. Yeah, so it kind of just worked out that way uh, just because the range of the pieces is so vastly different from everything from funk to a samba to like a really ambient piece called The Morning Sun, which has like, it's just like, you know, like totally ambient music, you know, almost film score, if you will, you know. Even to, uh, there's some comedy in there too, if you know what to listen for, I think. <laughs> I might talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> there's always a little bit of comedy in everything <laughs> I do. As there should be. As there right. Should be. Um, so maybe we should listen to one of these to kind of get in the mood to talk more about this album. Yeah, let's do that. Can we listen to the title track? Yeah. Great. All right, Max. Yeah. Cue it up. Okay. Here we go. Cool.
I really love the chill vibe of this tune. Can you tell me what it's about? Where where did the title come from? Um, well, you know, it's actually uh, just kind of a a, a a bossa nova, really. Um, and it's a tune that I wrote a long time ago um, in the probably like 2000, 2001. Uh, and I was working on a, a boat at the time and spending a lot of time writing songs and stuff. Uh, this represented, uh, uh, I always make the titles kind of uh, uh, just a way to remember the experience. And uh, this, I remember, was just like one of those days that it was just like totally stressful for the first part. And then, and then it's like it just totally flipped around and it was totally the, the chillest after that. So um, anyway, you know, yeah, crazy, lazy day. That, could, have been, could have been a crazy great. hazy day, but maybe. Or a good... <laughs> you but, mentioned it was on a boat. That wasn't Paul Allen's boat, was it? No, no. This was before oh, okay. the, that. This this was I used to work on a uh, a paddle wheel boat called the Queen of the West, or as the musicians like Whoa. to say, the Queen of the Worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And it, and it went. <laughs> it went. Uh, it was a week long tour. It left from Portland, Oregon. And went all the way up to uh, to um, Lewiston, Idaho, via the Columbian Snake River, and so we would, we would go up uh, seven locks and dams, which would raise us up about eight hundred feet above sea level by the time Whoa. we got to Lewiston, Idaho. Yeah, so it was cool. So I had a lot of time uh, because we only played like two and a half, three hours a day. We played cocktail hour from five to six, and then we played the show at night which was from like 7.30 till, I don't know, 9.30, 10 maybe. And then they kind of, the passengers, you know, we played for dancing and stuff. But yeah, that's where I learned all, all about playing standards and playing different shows and, you know, really uh, honing in on professional skills. You know, what skills do I need to be a professional musician? Interesting. Yeah, yeah those gigs are always... Uh, full of yeah. stories. Uh, oh, lots so, of stories. Oh lots yeah. Of stories. Oh yeah. Stories we will, stories we will we will, we will not share on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Those so are usually how, the best ones. If somebody really really wanted to hear those stories, though, how would they get go about getting that out of you? Oh, you'd probably just have to like have a, a beverage in your hand, and we'd have to be like talking in a in a club. <laughs> okay, so for all you listeners, in a much more, really in a much more, stories. yeah, unofficial <laughs> capacity, I can tell you some of these stories. <laughs> gotcha. Right. All right. So I love the band on this record. Can you tell me a bit about? Oh, uh, tell us well, about I tell you, these these guys are like my my favorite favorite cats and uh you know uh jose martinez is on drums and um and him and i we've been playing at the owl of thistle uh i started playing at the owl of thistle at 2007 but uh jose and i started playing at the columbia tower club um a number of years earlier so we've been playing together for almost 20 years and he's just a solid solid drummer and just like a spark of just wonderful uh fire man i tell you he just always brings the fire to the to the session and that's what you need when you're making this music you need to add some fire you know uh jose is amazing yeah yeah 
So, and uh, you know, of course I'm, I, I miss him dearly that he, you know, he's out and well, he's currently in Chicago doing the Teatros and Zani show out there uh, until December. Um, so um, yeah. So also on the record is Jeff Bush uh, as we like to say, Bongo Bush and uh, Bongo has been in my trio for the last, I don't know, 10 years. I mean, we started playing in 2012 at Parati, and that's when we, we started the, the, the Monday night jam, which now is the, about that place. The, the capital cider jam. So, yeah. So I, I basically thought to myself, well, these guys, Dean and, and, uh, and Jeff, they're always on the scene on the Latin music stuff. And that's the kind of music I really like to play. I really like people that know about the different types of Latin grooves. They know the difference between a samba and a maraca too. And they know the difference between salsa, mm-hmm. salsa and Mozambique and Afro and all the different son Montuno and, you know, uh, soca music. I mean, all of those grooves i mean i've been studying all these world music grooves uh and how they relate to uh african rhythms uh being the the motherland of uh of all rhythms (laughs) that are worthy (laughs) (laughs) i mean that, that they excel in rhythms that is for sure although although if you listen to indian classical music it's amazingly rhythmically it's a bit of a different school it's a totally different school but one that's really fascinating and i tell you you know like they 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 just split it up a whole different way you know which is great it's very true yeah it's really (laughs) cool it's not a western way of thinking that's for sure (laughs) i love it i do too cool well, we've heard a little bit about the rhythm section, but I'm curious about those horns. And well, also, well, actually, get to those horns, and then yeah, let's we'll talk get about the, the also right after that. Let's talk about the horn section. So, um, Hans Teuber um, has definitely been uh, on the top of my list, um, just as a musician and also as a person, as a human being. You know, he's just uh, just the guy who always plays the right note and he's the guy that plays with all, all soul and all, I mean, it's never about chops. It's all about just elegance and beauty and gritty and like, it's all the good stuff. And then my buddy, Thomas Marriott, who we've been musical buddies for 20 years as well. You know, again, he's, here's the guy who's at the top of his game. And, you know, so I just picked like everybody who was just at the top, you know, the A-list. I'm like, let's get the best people we can get in there uh, for for the budget that I had, of course, you know. <laughs> I mean, if I can expand out my budget, I'm going to be called Pat Matheny, you know, like, <laughs> I'm calling all the cats. You might not end up being the band leader at a certain point. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, your name isn't on the album. <laughs> Um, did you have another question, Josh, or that, so that's personnel. Yeah. Personnel. But so we, we talked about the rhythm section, like keys, bass, uh, mm-hmm. drums, percussion, the two horns, but there's another instrument on here that we haven't mentioned at all. And that is vocals. I think oh. track 
two and maybe three has somebody singing and it just somebody it was like some mystery i don't know who showed up he just showed up <laughs> and like he was like do you mind if i sing this i'm like no go ahead that's why at the beginning of the podcast i said you know thanks for having us because it's me the keyboard <laughs> piano player and this other guy that sings i don't know i don't know <laughs> I don't know what he's thinking, but so so tell us about this other guy, Eric. How did you meet him? <laughs> well, well, he kind of was uh, under the choir rafters, you know, up to no good. But then he uh, he decided to, to 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 sing. And actually, a couple of years ago, um, I kind of made it a thing, a rule of mine, because I was like, you know, my voice sounds all right, and I finally got to the point where I could sing and play. That was a big, big hurdle for me was like, I could either sing good or I could play good, but I couldn't sing good and play good. Like, it was like one or the other. So I finally got to a point where I felt comfortable playing and singing. And that just took a long time. Uh, And so I decided, well, you know, why not at every show I'll sing every one of my shows. I'll just sing one just so people know that, oh, wait. He doesn't just play piano. He also sings, you know, and, you know, I, I uh, you know, I always joke with people and I, 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 I always say, you know, I'm a I'm a great backup singer. And, you know, the reason I know that is because whenever I sing, people back up, oh, you know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, wow. Right. <laughs> I but I heard that one before. <laughs> but I, one. like I said, I was singing in, in church and I was singing in choir uh, I even had an acapella quartet in high school. We were called mm. the Silk Boxers for a while, and then we were then called Buck and a Quarter uh, because we had three of us were six feet tall, and the tenor in the group was five feet tall. So <laughs> he, he, he was the quarter. That's good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. boy. Right, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, we sang at our high school graduation, and so, yeah, I've been singing for a long time. But professionally, I just stick to the keys, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is, I was really, really surprised because I didn't realize you'd sing. And I've seen you play a lot of different places. And I guess a lot of them were at sessions because you've been playing, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the Alan Thistle for a really, really long time. And also a Capital Setter, of course. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, I didn't, didn't realize you sang. And that was a big surprise for oh. me. And a well, nice cool. one. Oh, thank you. So I have a question. Sure. You have another group called Entre Mundos, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you play any of these songs in that band or even or other bands that you're in as well? Or is this um, kind of just a specific record? That you is... know, it, it's kind of funny because it's like, you know, I, I made a career out of, I, when I, that, okay, rewind. So when I worked <laughs> The, the short answer is, no, I really don't play these songs with other groups. Occasionally I do, but, but for the most part, those other groups have repertoire that we're working on. And, uh, and, and you know, I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, it, I love playing other people's music, and I sometimes put a priority on other people's music and learning other people's music and playing other people's music, because I know that that connection, when people hear a song that they enjoy, uh, 
immediately draws them in to what I'm doing. So like if I play an original and it, it's a nice song and, you know, but they don't know it, they don't, they, it's not connecting with them uh, necessarily. Um, that being said, it's like, I need to get out of that mindset and like, just, you know, play more originals, you know, when I'm out and, and not be thinking I need to, you know, play songs that people know all the time. So a Definitely. little bit of a little bit of mix and match, you know. It all depends right, last, on the oh. oh, it depends on the gig though, really. Okay. You know? yeah. yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Um I only had one other question about personnel, and that was uh Jose is playing percussion on one of these and Jeff is playing drums on one of these. Right. On the sentimental samba, which is the one that I sing, yeah. uh Jeff Jeff's uh Jeff's samba feel uh is is so great i just wanted to have him play have him play the drums on that no offense to jose's playing i love jose's playing but you know when it comes to samba time you know jeff the way samba jeff, time <laughs> yeah jeff lays it down man he just has love the, it right he's got that heartbeat you know definitely yeah so well cool yeah and um, just to kind of switch it up too i mean i both of them are like my favorite drummers so like I didn't want to, you know, have, and Jose is so funny. He's just like, Oh, I'll play percussion on this. This will be fun. You know? So we, we, we have a, we have a, a, a fun time all together. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. Well, should we listen to another song? Sure. Let's do it. Keep it moving. All right. This let's, one. If, oh, go ahead, Josh. Let's take a listen to Duke 3000. Not oh. the video game. <laughs> <laughs> and not the chowder house either <laughs> oh no <laughs> although i can i can go for some cat. i can go for some fish and chips right now <laughs> mm. all right mm. let's put this on okay
piece of comedy on this record in my opinion <laughs> um great playing all around uh I, I, have you counted how many references to other duke ellington songs are on this song i haven't done the math but i know that there's a lot because it's a tribute to duke <laughs> it's ellington. not quite three thousand is it i know <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite 3,000, but... Okay. Uh, I think he did write over 3,000 songs, actually. That's the reference to the title, because I was looking up, like... Oh, no way. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, I was looking up uh, songs uh, in the B- BMI, um, BMI uh, song index, yeah. in which he's registered. And he had, just him alone, had, uh, and just with that one, he had, like, 
1,700 songs registered, uh, each individually copyrighted. But then he's also uh, accredited at writing another 1,300. So, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a major accomplishment. And, you know, the fact that there's that he did maybe 82 different renditions of Mood, Mood Indigo, you know. It's like he was always writing. Uh, and so, yeah, it, the song itself is a contrafact, which a contrafact is when we write a song uh, based on the chord changes of another tune. The, the other tune, of course, being Take the A Train. And then it starts off with a inverted, well, Duke Ellington always played the da 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 Well, so I was like, let's put it in reverse, right? Right? So we went from down to up. And yeah, there's there's quotes all over the place, rocking and rhythm, uh, you know, just yeah. I mean, it's it's supposed to be a tribute to to a wonderful composer and somebody who I I mean I don't know about you, I haven't written three thousand songs, you know, uh, and to have somebody like that in the American uh, history and not acknowledge that Duke Ellington is one of the single most greatest composers and prolific composers that's yeah. ever been on this planet, you know. And then we got a guy like Stevie Wonder, who you look up how many songs Stevie Wonder wrote, and he's above 750, you know, like, that's mm-hmm. a lot of songs, you know, it's like, and they're all hits, you know. The story, like, yeah. The story has it, Duke was writing a song a day for years in a yeah. row. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how many weren't published as well. I'm right. Sure there were some of those too. Right. Um, I would be so excited to hear a bad Duke song that didn't get published because he didn't like it or something. Well, there's it's probably amazing. There's you can probably find it. Take, take the B train. <laughs> Nobody liked that one. Or the C train. It wasn't fast enough. It made too many stops. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, oh, this, that's the problem with that tra- train is it went directly into the ocean. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh no. Okay, let's get uh, off the pun train. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so to this. I won't oh, wait till my I'm... tribute to Coltrane. <laughs> oh, no, goodness. Oh, boy. Are you going to call it electric train and play it on synth? Maybe. That, that's a good one. I, yeah, I like it. All right, for real, let's get off the pun train. <laughs> and uh, I'm curious about um, how and when you went about recording this, because clearly for the past, well, I mean, things are, now that vaccinations are a thing, it's a lot easier for people to get into studios to record. Right. Uh, but before that, a lot of people were doing remote recordings, and i just curious yeah, th- about how this was done. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, all of my projects have like a little bit of an incubation period in the fact that I'll record something and then like a, like a, 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 vint, a vintner or a, a winery, uh, you know, they'll sit on their, their, their stuff and let, let it mature a little bit. So this, this was in the cask uh, from basically 2017, August, 2017. Uh, I had um, two sessions in the row with this band and we did a video shoot on the um, on one of the days, the so Thursday. And I invited uh, four of my vocalist friends. One was Adriana from Entre Mundos. One was Levon Hardison, uh, who had just won the Kobe 
international jazz singer award that year and we were working a lot together and we recorded another cd that year uh another was um elna jordan who's been a longtime musical sister of mine and then um josephine howell who's just an amazing vocalist that uh, i work with very frequently and so like i was doing a revamp a remake of a, doing some videos basically for my website because we were paying to do a just rehaul the website, ericverlindy.com. And um, I wanted to put videos because all the kids are watching videos. Like, like, so I tried, so I recorded all the videos on one day and then I was like, okay. And then the next day we got in the studio with just the instrumentalist and recorded this project. Uh, I think it was in August, August 17th, 2017 or something like that. But then it took you know, a year or so to mix and master. And by about June of 2018, it was finished at least up until the artwork and the CD layout and the duplication and all that. Um, and it just kind of life kind of happened. And, uh, you know, my mom, uh, was diagnosed with, uh, stage four cancer in 2018 uh, are very close, um, uh, almost like a second father to me, uh, had a stroke in 2017, rendering him non-mobile and almost crippled. And he finally, he passed away, uh, December of 2020, just last year. And my mom passed away in just uh, October of last year. And my piano teacher passed away in 2020. So like, yeah, it, life got real from 2018 until 2020. And I felt like, you know, I was just like, I felt like a leaf that was floating in a river that got stuck on something that got caught on something that was just kind of going through a, 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 you know, a period of time that was a little bit of rough water. Um, and I feel like after my mom passed and after, um, my second father passed, um, that things, things started happening. Like basically my creative well dried up. I, my last composition that I did was in November of 2017. And I didn't write anything. And, we, you know, like I usually write 10 to 15 to 20 songs a year. So to not write anything for three years while all this stuff was happening, uh, when I finally, when the dam broke and I started to write music again, and incidentally, uh, that was in December after, you know, grieving about my mom, um, you know, that I started writing songs again and, and started you know, finishing the songs that I had started in 2017. And one thing led to another and I was back in the river again, flowing down the creative path. And I was just like, Oh, it feels good to be floating down the creative river again and have things going on. So I was like, let's use this momentum and like go with it. And so I, since December of last year, uh, 2020, I've written about eight songs and they're really, I'm really excited about getting this next project out. Cause I'm already, I'm already three songs into the next project and it's going to be really, really cool. I'm, I'm really, uh, it's going to be probably the best, the most dynamic project that I've done yet. And I'm, I'm planning on having, you know, strings and horns and, and, and really kind of an orchestral, 
kind of a thing because I, a lot really of writing well a lot of what i've been writing has been more film scorey you know uh less like like tell a story you know take us take us on a journey you know uh so i've been writing some uh multi-movement pieces and then also trying to uh think of songs uh that go together like a suite like a like here's three pieces that are related in some way to each other and they're like a symphony if you will or a, or a concerto or whatever um but there's a an introductory movement kind of a slower middle movement and then a you know vivace or you know a, a presto at the end yeah you know uh and and to to start thinking you know pieces to be like consumed like that in maybe 20 minute bits you know 20 25 minutes wow yeah so that's kind of the new direction that i'm i'm, I'm going in and i'm definitely this is gonna this next project is going to be one of the first projects where i'm actually using a lot more synths and keyboards and like samples and like just like really pulling out all the stops and really want it to be like an orchestral bigger scope project so that's what i'm <laughs> biting off right now when do you have that one kind of timelined out as coming well out? i mean right right now i'm uh laying the foundations for uh the project uh using sequencing and whatnot uh but yeah i mean i'm just gonna keep on plugging away i think i have three songs that are the foundations laid and then i have uh i i just have a lot of work to do uh, that i'm excited about i'm gonna do a lot of the the homework here at home and then take those things into the studio and then get creative with those things with live people i really like uh comparing composing to building a house yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, uh, I have a bunch of foundations and not a lot of houses myself. <laughs> well, I just did a I just did a project with uh, Lavon Hardison. We recorded a Christmas CD project, and it was it, I mean it was just so easy the the process. She came over to my house, and I told her I go okay today we're putting the bricks in the yards, right? <laughs> we're not, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're just going to put them in a pile and we're going to see if the pile looks kind of like a house. And then when we got to the studio, it's like, okay, these are houses. We're going to put the cement, we're going to put the mortar in, you know, and, and yeah, these are going to be a thing. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. So you got to get the bricks in the yard first. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I had one more question really quick sure. um, about this record that you just released. Yeah. Uh, and that was about the album art. Oh, yeah. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, as I'm definitely no art expert, but to me, the cover looks like it might have been inspired by some of the art on the Berlin Wall. Hmm. Or at, well, least, at least the section that they have at the Seattle Center. Hmm. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I just was no, very curious about that's, this. That's, well, it's interesting <clears throat> that you made uh, you made that comment. Uh, I would I'm curious as to ask the artist, which is Jeff Bush, who mm. also plays on the album. Um, one of the only guys I know who paid for his art college in London with music gigs. So he goes over to oh. London and he pays for his college by doing drum gigs uh okay 
that's pretty amazing, right? That that's quite amazing. Yeah. So I've I've been a real big fan of uh, of him, uh, uh, Jeff. As awesome, he's an amazing person, but he's an incredible artist, and 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 we have some of his uh, some of his paintings are here at the house. Huh? Yeah, they're things that I look at daily, um, and uh, he's he's you know he's just. Like you know, very cool. A, a, a wonderful artist and a very expressive person, and to see him, uh, what he creates, it's 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 really it's really cool. I like the way he uses different elements and his use of colors and and you know, yeah. Well, bit, I'll have to ask him. Yeah, please that. do, please. Because I I thought it was, I kind of went down this internet wormhole of looking at different sections of art that were on the Berlin wall. Cause it's like a whole thing. Right. And there are all these different, like sort of somewhat famous people that made certain like installations or whatever. And uh-huh. it was kind of a big thing. Uh, yeah. Time, apparently. Wow. Um, so I was, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him about that. Yeah, That's... please do. I'm curious to know the answer myself. Yeah. <sighs> I will do that. Cool. Yes. Well, we're coming up on time here. So, but thank you so much, Eric, for absolutely uh, hanging out with us and talking about your awesome new record. Yeah. But oh my gosh, before... what a what an honor and a privilege it is to hang out with you guys. And thank you so much for asking me. I really am appreciative. Right. Absolutely, it's been a blast. Well, before we end, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask: um, How can our listeners listen to the rest of this album? And well, follow also uh, what else you're up to musically. Uh, well, um, the album itself is available just uh, right now, just on CD. However, uh, I am going to make a digital release on uh, Bandcamp probably in about a month. I wanted to give the CD a chance to kind of get out there without any sort of digital interference and nowadays you know people have spotify and they have all these uh ways of listening to music for free and it's like well you know i mean i spent all this time and money and energy you know making something and i want it to be indicative of like this is this is you know if you go to an art fair you know and you want a piece of art you know you 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 put the money down and you, you take it home with you, you know? Uh, and so, you know, uh, we tried this with, uh, our Entermundo second record where we didn't release it on online. You only had the only way you could get it was to buy it from us. Uh, and it, it went pretty good. Uh, CD sales. I mean, we're still selling CDs, uh, our shows. We just had a show this weekend and we sold, I don't know, nine, 10 CDs. And there, was, and there and there was only like 25 people there so you okay know, it's but like... if somebody that's listening to this podcast right now wants to get a cd and needs right. to figure out how to chase you down what's the best way to do that okay okay so the best way to do that would be to um to email me or to find me on um go to my website ericverlindy.com there is going to be um i'm going to be making a link to um and, and right now the site is under construction. We're, uh, we're revamping and we're, I just got some new photos by Steve Korn and I just, I'm doing this uh, album release. And so very soon there will be <laughs> a link 
awesome. uh, to buy the music right from the website. That's awesome. I was going yeah. to say, I actually discovered your website on accident um, because I was kind of thumbing through Google looking for your website if there was one and I didn't see one. Then I was like, you know, I'm just going to type in ericforlindy.com and see what happens. Right. And sure enough, <laughs> sure enough. Yeah. It tur- <laughs> turned out uh, back then when I secured the, the name, there wasn't any other famous Eric for Lindy taking the .com, but there yeah. is, there is a string physicist over in Ho- uh, in Holland. And he is like on the front line of like string theory and in quantum physics and his name is Eric Verlindy, E-R-I-K Verlindy. And he's like way more famous than me. Like so famous that whenever I say to, on Siri, thank you, comma, Eric, it types in E-R-I-K. And I'm like, come oh, on. No. I'm like, come on. I'm like, <laughs> I bought a smartphone and it doesn't even know <laughs> that my name is E-R-I-C. I'm like, come on. Anyway, so yeah, ericverlindy.com hopefully will be uh, revamped here. I, I'm thinking I, probably in I the would, next week or two we're 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 going to be relaunching and have I, have a new uh, new website. I would also say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to be fairly straightforward to find what you're doing on Facebook too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have an Eric Verlindy uh, fan page. Um, in which I put more musical uh, related things. Uh, I, um, and then of course, you know, there's the old friend me uh, <laughs> on Facebook <laughs> thing, but I, you know, honestly, like I don't really like there's, you know, I don't really say yes to strangers. Uh, You've been not, listening to not, talk Seattle. Yeah. They say stranger danger. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know you. Right. I'm like, I'm not getting in the van this time, you know, (laughs) just say no. (laughs) I've been, I've been fooled before. So, you know, um, (laughs) but yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, if, if you want to follow what I'm doing, uh, on Facebook or Instagram, uh, it's all, under the same name, E-R-I-C-V-E-R-L-I-N-D-E. And you can find that. There's also uh, a Owl of Thistle uh, Tuesday Night Jam uh, Facebook page if you're wanting to know who's playing at the Owl uh, because every week it changes. In fact, Max, you're going to be playing at the Owl with me and Kareem That's Candy right. uh, September, right. September 21st. Coming up next That's week. That's right. That's next week. By the time this comes out, that won't be next week. But yes, oh. that is next week. <laughs> this is meta, that was that was meta. weeks ago, man, and you sounded great. That was so much fun. I was so. Much fun. I was, so... <laughs> well, now, you, now you uh, now you've set a, a high bar there. I, I know. We're both gonna be dis- we're both gonna be disappointed. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, thanks it so much, guys. Thank oh, my you. gosh. The pleasure was all mine. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Thank you for asking, and uh, you guys have a great day. i got to head over to El Gaucho to do a corporate buyout. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of people in suits, you know, not paying attention to what I'm doing, which is fine Classic. because they're, they're paying me. <laughs> there we go. 
Sounds Maybe great. I'll play originals. I'll play the. I'll play all the music. <laughs> yeah, the I'm gonna time. start off with Duke 3K. We're gonna play Crazy Lazy Day. It's like these guys. Right. Yeah, they. <laughs> Perfect. Right on. I found an outlet finally. <laughs> all right, Eric. Corporate <laughs> America, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, guys, and I'll see you guys later. Thank Bye. you. Have a good gig. Okay, I will. Bye. You've been listening to Jazz Talk Seattle, a monthly podcast hosted by Josh Howe and Max Holmberg, mixed by Ronan DeLille.